In the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Traditionally, this third Sunday in Advent is known as Gaudate, or Joy Sunday, which is why I'm basing this sermon not on the Gospel reading, but on the reading from Philippians, which you just heard. St. Paul's letter to the Philippians was written during a long imprisonment for Paul. Nevertheless, it was filled with joy. The apostle never complained, he never blamed others, he never felt sorry for himself. Instead, he rejoiced even in the midst of his suffering because he knew and trusted in God. That trust enabled him to look beyond his chains, to see how God was working in his circumstances to ultimately teach him contentment, which is why he encourages us to rejoice always and to have no anxiety about anything, despite however difficult our circumstances in life may be. In a recent mental health survey, I read that only 32% of the people interviewed in America said that they actually enjoyed life. A lot of people are enamored of darkness, and they have a rather tragic view of life. And yet, this is the season when the streets and the stores are filled with music, all in the key of joy. Our places of work are permeated with laughter and good cheer. The spirit of Christmas is everywhere. Joy is in the air we breathe. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. Joy to the world. Well, in the midst of all of this holiday good cheer, we still have to acknowledge that there are a lot of people around us who don't really enjoy life. In fact, for many people, Christmas is one of the most painful, joyless times of year. Their expectations for happiness are so great, and yet their sense of inner joy is so frequently absent. It's a complicated phenomenon, this business of joy. But one thing I do know is this. Some people simply need to get permission to experience joy. Joie de vivre, the joy of living, the joy of the Lord. And it's my hope that we can all discover a taste of that today. It's okay to celebrate and to rejoice. Don't you just love all those Advent and Christmas parties? I know that I do. We call them Christmas parties even though they take place in the season of Advent. Christmas without a party would be a contradiction in terms. An ancient rabbi once wrote these cogent words in the Talmud. In the world to come, each of us will be called to give an account for the good things which God put on this earth, which we refused to enjoy. That's an incredible statement, isn't it? Just think of the beauty and the majesty of the world that God has created in which we get to live and all the natural wonders in it. The vast array of birds and animals and creatures in the sea, a dolphin leaping up in the harbor, the grandeur of Niagara Falls, Yellowstone, the Grand Canyon, and a glorious sunset, a starlit night sky. Not to mention the marvels of the human body the miracle of a newborn baby. Justin can attest to that, can't you? Handel's Messiah, 
Beethoven's Night, Vivaldi's Four Seasons, the sound of a wonderful choir and a mighty organ, and of course, this glorious church in which we get to worship God today. That's just a taste of the myriad of pleasures that God has provided for us to enjoy. And I haven't even mentioned food. I wonder, what would your list include? Well, instead of refusing to enjoy all of these incredible pleasures of life, pleasures which God has placed here for us to enjoy, we ought to hold a remarkable reverence for them. They're a way of seeing God in the world around us through those ecstatic moments when His glory peeks through the often gloomy clouds of darkness that overshadow our lives and, of course, the brokenness of the world in which we live. They are God's gifts to us. But like all gifts, these pleasures of life can be misused and distorted, twisted and corrupted. But then the fault is ours, not God's. God does set parameters around how we use the pleasures in life that He gives us to enjoy. C.S. Lewis once said, Joy must be sharply distinguished from both happiness and pleasure. Joy has indeed one characteristic and one only. The fact that anyone who's ever experienced it will want it again. I doubt whether anyone who's tasted it would ever exchange it for all the pleasures in the world. But then joy is never in our power, and pleasure often is. Authentic Christianity brings deep joy. God wants us to enjoy all the proper, healthy, and sanctified pleasures in life that He's created for us to enjoy. And yet, some people just seem to get stuck. They're joyless. They see no way out. And so they go on with business as usual as they die inside a little more each day. If that's a snapshot of you, I say, you don't have to stay that way. So then, how does one get a hold of joy? How does one get a hold of a joy and a wonder that's powerful enough to lift us up out of those bleak valleys that we often find ourselves in in life and sustain us with a whole new quality of life? Listen again to those words from Philippians where St. Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say rejoice. How can we get deep down inside of those words? I assure you, there is a way. I've entitled this sermon, Joy, a Work of Art. Art is vital and dynamic, precisely because it, it resists easy interpretation. Good art, a painting, a play, a poem, a symphony may not be easily interpreted. Joy is a work of art, and it also is not easily interpreted. It's a pilgrimage. It's a journey into the mystery that heals and transforms one's life. I can get you, I can get you started by describing how I experience joy, and the rest is going to have to be up to you. I see joy as a gift. Out of the cold, cosmic, distant darkness comes a whisper on the wind. Rejoice 
Rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee to set you free and to love you forever. That's the proclamation that undergirds all of our joy in this season of Advent and infuses it with meaning. But it comes to us in more than a whisper on the wind. It comes to us in God's best gift of all, the gift of His love come down from heaven above. It comes to us in a person, the person of Jesus, the Savior of the world. That's where it all begins, in a plan that was formed by God from the very beginning of time. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It began with God's great rescue plan for mankind. From the very foundations of the world, His rescue plan for sinful humankind. His rescue plan for persons like you and me. It's amazing what some Christmas shopping sprees will allow you to encounter. A few years ago, I was browsing in the gift department of a Lord & Taylor department store in the St. Louis Galleria. I happened to overhear a young woman making a suggestion to her husband. Here's something you can buy for your dad for Christmas. Her tone was weary and final, as though the two of them had been arguing about it for some time. Her husband came over to look at the object that she'd picked out, so I, I sort of moved over a little bit just so that I could see what the object was for myself. It was a model ship beautifully handcrafted in some exotic African or South American wood. The young man grabbed the price tag, acted a bit stunned, and blurted out, Good Lord, $185? Then he snapped, Dad's not worth that much. I shuddered, wondering just what had happened to tarnish that relationship between a father and a son. Then I thought to myself, what price would have pleased him? How much is a dad worth? In the coming of Jesus, God proclaims, you are a wonderful person. You are of incalculable worth. You are loved forever just the way you are. That's what God is whispering in every carol, in every lesson, in every card, in every crash, in every bit of tinsel, holly, and mistletoe. I love you, and I value the, you as though you were the only one in the world to love. That message, the message that God's best gift to us, the gift of His Son, Jesus, is what brings true joy into our hearts and into the world. That's what real lasting joy is all about. Remember, C.S. Lewis said, joy is never in our power, and pleasure often is. Oh, you can manufacture all kinds of pleasures and thrills, but joy always comes to us as a gift. It's born of grace. It's God's to give. It's the hope of glory in you. God's acceptance of you for who you are However little you may think of yourself, however low your sense of self-worth or self-esteem may be, however less than you may feel about yourself, the gift of Jesus is God's 
acceptance of you for who and what you are, always precious in His sight forever. Without that gift of divine love and value and worth that He bestows upon us, we can unwrap every present under the tree on Christmas morning and revel in their novelty and their beauty, but still find ourselves empty inside until we unwrap God's wonderful gift of love for each one of us. Will you be the Christ of love to somebody this Christmas? To prepare one's soul for that is at the very heart and core of Advent. You can, put your, can you put your arms around someone so near and yet so far away and say in a hundred different ways what God says to us each and every day? I know you best and love you still. I know you best and love you still. How could anyone give a more treasured gift than that? That is God's gift to us, and it's the gift that He wants us to impart to one another, starting with the members of our own family, and then reaching out, stretching out to all those who we encounter in life. Joy is an inside thing. It grows out of one's relationship with God, with oneself, and with other people. It's that interior quality that brings true joy. A man was very despondent and he sought help from a psychiatrist. He was down in the deep valley of the soul. And the psychiatrist listened to him tell him all about his many, many problems. And then he suggested that the man go and listen to a famous comedian who was in town on that particular week. He'll make you laugh and he'll bring joy into your life, the likes of which you've never experienced before. He can dispel the darkness of your soul. He's able to make the crowds absolutely roar with laughter. Well, there was a long silence. Then the man said, I am that comedian. I am that comedian. You see, real joy is not externally produced. And that's the reason it can exist even in the midst of sadness. Happiness is transient. It's a fleeting emotion. One can be happy in one minute and sad the next, but joy is an enduring quality. It's the expression of our faith, the faith that God the Holy Spirit has placed inside of us, namely, that He is with us no matter what happens in life, and that He will never desert us. His promise is that He will never leave us nor forsake us. Emmanuel, which means God with us at all times. In the life of Jesus, that truth came into laser-like focus into the world. You see, joy comes from inner peace and not from any kind of outer security. God did not make us in such a way that allows our deepest desires to be satisfied by a multiplicity of things, by the accumulation of wealth and possessions. There's a deep hunger in all of us for God, for wholeness, for health, for holiness. St. Augustine said it so well, when he said that there's a God-sized hole in all of us that only God can fill. And all of that comes to us as a result of 
spiritual blessing, not material attainment. It's something that God does within us, not something we do externally by ourselves or for ourselves. Now, I'm not saying that circumstances don't don't, uh, affect our well-being. They certainly do. Yet underneath all of that is something that's undeniably true. Namely, that the real joys of life are on the inside. They spring from a life of faith that's been built upon the rock-solid foundation of Jesus Christ and from what we believe and trust that He has done for us. He died on a cross to forgive all of our sins. And God raised Him three days later to assure us that as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Here again, that wonderful verse from Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice. Remember, it was from a prison cell and not a rose garden that Paul spoke those words to the Philippian Christians asking them to keep on singing their hymns of joy. I trust that you will take time in this season of Advent to hear that message in the deep places of your soul. That joy is a gift. Joy is an inside thing. Joy is the byproduct of a holy life fully committed to serving God and fully committed to serving our neighbor. Joy awaits those whose desire is to live life as God intended it to be lived. By feeding the hungry, forgiving those who have offended us, loving the little children, reconciling with difficult people, pursuing peace and seeking a more righteous Christ-centered life, a life that strives to to produce the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, I'm going to make you a promise today, and I'll bet my life on it. I'll bet my life on its validity one of the best ways you're going to find any true, lasting joy in your life is to pick up some great burden for God and some great burden for the human family. In Arthur Miller's play, The Death of a Salesman, Willie Loman's wife could not understand why he'd committed suicide. In the play, she says, at this time, especially, For the first time in 35 years, we were just about free and clear. He was even through with the dentist. He only needed a little salary. But a wise friend says to her, no man needs only a little salary. We all need those dreams of giving ourselves to something that will make a difference in life. It's such a great miracle, and I've I've seen it too many times. I've seen it happen too many times to doubt it. One bears another's burden and finds a joy. One soothes the wounds of a broken human being and finds one's own life healed in the process. 
At the heart of the joy of Christian giving is this spiritual paradox. We are captured by the desire to serve God by serving others. And then when we do, we're set free. I love that legend about the birds who had no wings at first. And so they rebelled when the wings were given to them because those wings seemed like like such a burden to them. But when they accepted them, the burdens lifted them to the sky. Authentic Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, have a way of believing that if you give your life away for the healing of another, joy and the fullness of life come alongside in the parentheses. If that is what you truly desire, then just look to Jesus, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross for us, despising the shame for us, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus took the burden of your sins and mine upon Himself, and it brought Him inestimable joy. Joy is a gift. Joy is an inside thing. Joy is a work of art. Once you've mastered it, you'll soon discover that you are set free. So rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. For Christ is coming and His burden will set you free. Amen.